Welcome to Real Talk Arkansas. I'm your host, Cody Ford, Outreach and Statewide Programs Manager for the Arkansas Cinema Society. Today we have two guests stopping by, Diana Michelle and Paul Summerlin. They're going to be talking about their film, It's No Secret. And this documentary, it's very interesting. They have been developing it over a few years through a series of short films, and now they have have it as a feature-length film. And it's a quasi-autobiographical docudrama uh, about acute mental illness, profound healing, and triumph over a lifetime of struggle. Paul has a very interesting story, and he is the subject of this film, as well as being one of the filmmakers. So uh, he was diagnosed with... um, mental health issues when he was younger and chose to sort of blaze his own path in treating it through years of yoga and intensive meditation and other things. So we're going to dig into that a little bit today and I hope you enjoy it. Diana, Paul, welcome to Real Talk Arkansas. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Well, we're excited today to talk to you because you'll have a big event coming up and it's sort of based around your film, It's No Secret, which I know y'all been working on this film off and on for several years now, right? Almost two years. Okay. And so at, I want you to tell me a little bit about the event. And also, will that be, you can see the final version of the film, or is this still a part of it that you'll be screening? The event at the end of April will include a screening of the of the full documentary, the, the director's cut, if you will, the very, very final cut that we have, which is about to take another step into the world we're, we're hoping and praying for, actually. We just don't know what the scope of that looks like, but that's another story. We'll be screening the movie then during that weekend. That's the Thursday night, the 27th of April, I think, is when we'll be screening the film. And the other two uh, spots on that weekend or other events, the 29th would be where we're going to be showing the three new short films of ours in, in sequence. And one of those films involves interactive dance and, and human bodies involves kind of interactive film. So tell us a little bit more about the event. So it's going to be happening at Mount Sequoia? No, it's happening at the Medium, oh, yeah. Cash the Medium in Springdale. And we can get you the addresses and all that. And and, and if you go through our social media and things, yeah, and all of that information is there. And, and we can drop that in the show. Yes, yeah, no the problem. Medium, the Medium in Springdale is where this event is taking place. It's through the, uh, the CFX Tyson Family Foundation. Oh, yeah, one of those grants. Grant, grant yeah. producers' grants. This, is, okay. this kind of fell in our lap. We, we started applying for grants when we were about uh two-thirds away through the production of the first documentary because diana is good at this sort of thing she's been at that game longer than i have so we started applying to these things early and uh when this one came up it it happened and so we thought oh well, what do you want to do and yeah. so we kind of looked at the material we were were sitting on and it kind of fell into this sort of it's no secret live idea where we have a, a multitude of events different events where people can come and go as they please, but they're all interrelated to the work that we're, that we're doing now and the based upon the, the initial, the original documentary. Okay. Well, what are some of the events that y'all will be doing? Well, I'm most excited about Sunday's yoga. I mean, the meditation workshop that Paul is doing called the language of light. And it is going to have my experimental video footage. Mostly I do um, video of, macro footage of the surface of the water, for instance, and there's a lot of really cool abstract things happening on the surface of the water. And so we're, we're going to interact that with his music, and then Paul is going to do some teaching. Yeah, I'd like him to talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's um, the, the way this performance came together was kind of a coalescence of what 
grew out of the experience of putting the documentary together. Because anytime you, anytime something so life-changing comes into your life and you go through it, you're a different person at the end and you see what's important to you changes. And we started to see what those most important things about the actual work we were doing and where it was leading us. And we realized that it had direct correlation to nature and a particular way that we were documenting nature. And so what we're doing with these performances in a large part is, is presenting that in a really big way, in a way that we haven't yet. Now you, in the, in the documentary, you see, you see glances of it. We, I would say compared to the, the amount that we do now, you, I would say small tastes, really, really beautiful tastes of that just direct immersion into nature and the way that Diana use cam uses cameras for that. And so a large part of what we're doing on the Saturday performance is going to involve a lot of that, what Diana describes as macro lens kind of uh, capturing of very simple events happening in nature, whether it's sunlight hitting the water or, or the water reflecting on the rocks or all of those things coming into combination. And the more we did it, the more we realized it was somehow underscoring this story we've been trying to tell in, a, in the most incredible and beautiful ways. And so the Sunday morning uh, event that we're, what we're having, which is the end of the week, and it's at 9 a.m., kind of like a yoga class Sunday morning time. I'm going to give a lecture then. It's going to be founded on some things I've been studying for many years in, in esoterica and spirituality. But it's going to directly involve these images themselves. And, and, it, and it, we call it language of light because it's, um, it's, it's showing that we're looking at, we're going to be looking at pictures that give us direct examples of, of, uh, of the patterns of organization out of chaos in nature and things that we take for granted as human beings that's right happening right beneath our feet all the time. And when you zoom in on them and you put them in that kind of framework and you stare at them and you go, oh my goodness, what is this telling us? What is nature trying to tell us? And so that's kind of what what the, the lecture, and we're going to meditate on that, that idea as we sort of take in these images um, with an open mind, if you will. So that's what the meditation is about. And so what we're going to do with the live performances, many of the same images will be used in both. And so if they're there for the entire weekend, they can get the whole experience. And they get to see these images over and over again and sort of deepen their, their experience of what we've been doing. Yeah, and I, I really love the concept of this, that it's a way to experience the film in person yourself to a degree. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah I, I think that's fantastic. Now, in the intro, I sort of, you know, I gave the, the quick rundown about It's No Secret. But if you would, like, let's do kind of a deep dive on it and tell me, from y'all, in y'all's words here, about the film, it's no secret. Okay, you you start, and I'll kick off. Like when when we became when you became my yoga student. Okay, then. so a couple of years ago, um, I've been taking Paul's yoga classes for about six years now, and um, eventually, I knew he was a musician and does ambient music as well. And I've been making short films and doing weird stuff for a while. And I asked him about his music and if I could use some of his music for some of my experimental short films. And he was nice enough to agree and has a bunch of ambient music and was gonna let me use it. But then we started talking more about what we do and what we're about. And then it came up about Paul's diagnosis and it was like, this is what we need to be making a film about rather than me doing what I was planning on doing. So it kind of turned into like a two year long endeavor. And of course, Paul's music is in there, but it's 
it's about feeling and I like Paul to take over at this point. Yeah, I'll just I'll just throw some some extra fill in a couple blanks in there too. It, it you know from a technical from a technical standpoint, it actually started as the the fitness club I was working for at the time had lost its building because of the COVID crisis. And they were in the process of moving around. And one of the places they ended up moving was here on the Hill, which is a whole other story. But for, for this, during this makeshift time where things were in, in this deep transition and there was almost nobody around, I was still teaching yoga sessions through the club. And I was teaching them in an empty chapel up here. You may, you may have been in there. It used to be empty. And when it was empty, I was teaching in there. And at one point she, she was still coming to my classes on a pretty regular basis Diana was and she said, you know, the light in here, have you ever noticed how cool the light is in here in the mid morning during the, during the winter and the spring? I was like, yeah, it's amazing in here. Cause it, cause there's some stained glass and it's incredible stuff. She goes, do you want to do some pictures? And I was like, sure. What do I care? And that's literally how, so we did a photo shoot. And so technically speaking, the whole project actually started as a photo shoot of stills in a, in a cool, you know, chapel. And then it, then we did some on the lawn and then we did some on the trail. And then, like she said, we got to talking and back to that part of the story, because when the subject of the story came up, what are we making a film about? Because I remember before we came to that consensus, there was there was some some comment or another, whether whether she meant it in passing or not. But it was some understanding that I got from her, like, you know, some of the things you have to say are pretty interesting that maybe I could interview you or something like that. And, it, and at that point, I said, and I can quote myself, I said, I don't think anybody's interested in what I have to say. <laughs> and she said, she said, maybe you're wrong. And then through that, throughout the course of a few weeks there, we both became convinced that this was worth doing. Um, and we kind of just dove in from there head first, really. And uh, because we were both so deeply inspired by whatever was happening. And we and we knew that um, it had a lot to do with with the with, as she said healing and and realizing maybe for the first time in my life certainly for the first time in my life in a new way that if I can get this out while while we're while we're still rolling the tape and it's it's that creativity true art and true creativity is meant to take us out of whatever neurotic place we're in into some sort of feeling of a, a stronger person a better person. And not not to wallow in our craziness so we can make good art, but but make great art by overcoming. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of the overcoming, what what was your official diagnosis? It's schizophrenia spectrum. Yeah, which is fascinating to me of how you because you sort of just built this on your own. That the healing that you've gone through, it wasn't. It, it was through your own practice and your own ideas as opposed to like there was a guru or doctors were saying you should do this. It's definitely not the doctors. Yeah. And definitely not any indi other individual gurus. And that was one of the other messages along the way was not just that you need to, you need to go ahead and full on reject the, the, the doctor's prognosis and their map roadmap for your life. But you need to take with a grain of salt, all the other so-called gurus and you literally need to find your own individual spiritual path and that's the way you're going to lead yourself out of this, because that's the way you can hopefully lead others into understanding the problems of their own lives and how to, how to, how to lead themselves out of it yeah. and help them pull them out of it. What were some of the practices that you created for yourself that helped you along the journey? Well, 20 years ago, well, 23 years ago now was, was when it really kicked off. Was if, if, you're, if anyone is into astrology, I was 
that was that would have been around the time that I had my Saturn return. When anyone who's had one will understand what I'm talking about. And at that time was when I first learned meditation. Um, and so I would say that that's when it started. Uh, it was a very, I would say, almost traumatic experience, very life changing. One that that sort of, you know, you don't you don't you slam the door and you don't look back kind of moment. And uh, from that led into the asana practice of yoga. And so for so for the last 23 years or so, that has been the foundation that I've been trying to build. Of course, it's been a bumpy ride. Um, and, and right around the same time was also when in my life was when the same time I pretty much cut and dry decided to give up the pharmaceuticals altogether. So that's, you know, that's been going on for the better part of 20 years. And so that's when it started. And then bumpy ride ever since, uh, learning new lessons and, and, and finding the path. Uh, and in, in, in that period, I've, I've had different career paths. I've done different kinds of teaching. I've, I've toured the world as a musician um, and done some teaching in the high education uh, spheres in America for a while. So I've seen a few things. I've traveled a lot, um, which has helped me a little bit with my perspective, because when you're on the spectrum, it's your perspective is already really tough to deal with because you don't see things the same way as everybody else. Um, so seeing a little bit of the world has helped me kind of shape my own view of everything and kind of give it a, um, an overarching perspective. And within that, I mean, so you feel like in a way you, I, I, I don't know what it's like to personally be on that spectrum or anything. Right. Was it sort of like there was like noise and you've been able to rewire your brain to sort of keep that noise out? What, what is a good way to describe it? That's a fair question. Any, and any meditation teacher that's good, good at it would, would just would probably say something similar. It's when, when one is meditating is one is trying to, we're not trying to tell our thoughts to go away, fight them. The moment we start to fight them, then we're getting into a conversation, i.e. confrontation with them. Therefore we're just giving them a reason to exist. And whereas the, the good meditative teacher will tell you that they will flow like a river if we let them and understand that that's not who we are. We started to identify with the thought. Now, anyone on the spectrum might describe any anybody else might tell you something different but what i would tell you is that there's a storm going on we, we we had a we recently had a really bad storm in the state of arkansas um that hit the city of little rock really bad and we had the, the thunderstorm version of that here in northwest arkansas which is usually thankfully what we get because we get a lot of hills around here and we don't have to get the bad tornadoes you can imagine that kind of thing going on one's mind on a, on a daily basis in terms of just their normal thought processing the way that the, the mind reaches out for different perceptions and then tries to form them together is a much, much more complicated process than most people have to go through, I would think. And that's the way that some doctors might describe it, too. Um, so the yoga practice is a for anyone who understands it and does it on a regular basis would, would agree that it's going to ground you, it's going to center you, it's going to keep you in the present moment and a place where you can can uh, find a, a calm place uh, under that monkey mind activity, if you will, that we all deal with every second of every day. Um, and so it, again, it's as I, as I describe in the movie itself, in the documentary itself, it's a practice. It's from here to the day we die, we're, we're on a path. We have to walk it. It's not a destination necessarily. Um, Diana, were there challenges you faced in terms of being able to show and don't tell within the, the feature of the documentary, do you think? Or striking the balance, I should say. You just laid it all out there, yeah. honestly. But and at this point, I think it's about overcoming the stigma of that diagnosis. And we're, you know, that film was part one, and now we're going into part two. And to me, for me, what I feel like that 
should be about is overcoming that diagnosis. Maybe uh-huh. he's not schizophrenic. Maybe we can go beyond that. And, you know, just because somebody says you are this doesn't mean that's who you are. It yeah. certainly doesn't define you. So for me, from this point going on, it's the practice. And we just started our own production company, Seven Diamond Mudra. It's about yoga, meditation, music, art, photography, videography, healing. healing. It's all encompassing. And so it's all about this point moving forward and moving beyond that diagnosis. There's there's so much healing that can be done. And so that would be sort of your message to people who watch the film, Paul, is like, learn how to heal yourself through various methods or I'd say give it a shot I mean it and and the message is not for just for people who have some sort of diagnosis it's for any human being who realizes that there's more to life than the world that they see around them that there's something inside of them that's stirring that in my case it's just I'm a I'm a teller of this particular story because in my particular life I was led through particular struggles to deal with that particular, those particular questions. And so I, I'm not, I'm, I was led to, to, to deal with them and to grapple with them. That's part of my karma. I'm supposed to do this. And um, it's not about how sick can we be and how much better can we get from being sick. I mean, let's face it, this the world's pretty sick. And sometimes on my good day, I look around, and I say, wow, this looks pretty sick, but I'm the one that has a really, really sick looking label on my forehead. So, you know, to riff off what Diana just said, <laughs> Maybe the message is, and it's in the title, because the, 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 the irony, the ironic, you know, half-hearted joke about the title of the film is that I just got sick and tired of saying, hey, how you doing? Fine. When what I sometimes wanted to say was, hey, how you doing? How you? Fine, how are you? Uh, got a shitstorm going on in my mind right now. That's, that's how I'm doing. But I kept it a secret because can I get on in the world? and keep this label to myself and do my best. And I realized there was something more important for me to do. And that was to transcend it. And the only way to do that is to throw it out there and to say, I don't have to live by this label. I can live with it, but I don't have to live by it. And, and neither does the perception that the world has for people like me. They can understand that just because they hear the S word, it doesn't mean serial killer. It just means schizophrenic spectrum. Yeah. And there's a big difference, and and uh, it's frustrating to see sometimes because I, I I see people cheering on autistic autism and and cheering on bipolar and cheering on all kinds of other so-called disorders and all these different labels, but I don't see a whole lot of cheering about the S word. It just seems to have been painted in this very strange corner. And again, back to what Diana said, that's that's really the message. Is the 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 best the the best greatest hope for me and for anybody in my position really is to try to transcend it and say there is not just the one way that the doctors have told you there might be a better way. And in fact, I'm saying, yes, there is. I'm not there yet, but I'm willing to 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 walk that path. I, I think you know just the you being willing to share your journey has got to be inspiring to a lot of people to who want who carry that stigma around, who have that diagnosis. Yeah. So yeah. I, one of the awards we won was the one of the few that we did in America. We got a lot of attention in Europe during the festival circuit, but not a lot of America. But one of the one of the, the spots in America that that acknowledged us for that was for that because they gave us best documentary, best score, and most inspirational film at their festival. So I was like, "Thank you, you got the message." You know? 
It was great. Because that's what we want to do. And, you know, I remember one of our screenings a year ago, I got really frustrated. Somebody was asking me, the audience, don't you want to help people? I was like, well, I didn't know what to say because I got flustered. It's easy for me to get flustered. Um, of course we do. And people got to understand. And this goes back to the whole nature thing that we're trying to bring to people. Because we realize, number one, a lot of people can't get out of their chairs anymore. Two, they don't want to or they're not motivated to. They're not going to go to the places in nature that we go. And so we got to bring it to them. Yeah. And the other thing is everybody's addicted to their little screens. And if you want to, if you want to help people, you got to reach them first. Yeah. You have to inspire them first. You have to give them a reason to listen to you. You can't just say, Oh, Hey, I'm cool. Listen to me. You got to go. Here's my story. Here's why I have knowledge about this. Now here's my wisdom because of what I've been through. You, you decide. And, and then we can start helping people, but you have to inspire them first. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what a good filmmaker should be trying to do. Yeah. Is inspire their audience and change their lives if they, if they really mean what they're what they're trying to say as a filmmaker. And Danny, you mentioned you are working on a sequel now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in, any idea when that might be out, or is it just kind of going where the road leads? We have you a know? bunch of footage, um, and we need to sift through it. But I feel like we're still working on the actual story part, yeah. the healing part, and the transcending part. So it's hard to say how long. I will say I will say this out in the open now. What we're hoping, and and again, when you're making a documentary, there is no script, and it's it's life writes it for you. Uh, but we we are hoping to be part of the second, whatever it is, or maybe the third, or or whatever it is. We we hope that the the community is more involved. We we want this process to become bigger than us, and we hope that we can make that part of the documentation. We don't see that transpiring anytime soon. But we hope that that is because that that's the story we really want to tell yeah. is that we, that's going to tell us and show everybody else that, that this can grow and, and people are inspired and it is going to help people. The community gets involved, you know, get to talking. Bringing in other artists, like we're working with dancer Leela Beesom mm-hmm. for our event on the 29th doing the interpretive dance and to the experimental footage that we're going to be showing and displaying on their actual bodies with the music and I think collaborating with, collaborating with other artists in the area will help us get the word out about what we're doing and the, the experimental work especially and about tapping into nature and how important that is. Yeah. Now if people want to follow along with your journey as filmmakers and learn more about events you might be doing uh, is there social media or websites or anything that they right now it's 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 Facebook and YouTube for either one of us individuals. It's no secret. A documentary film is a YouTube channel. Patreon channel is forthcoming ASAP. It's in the works right now. And we're, 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 we're beefing it up right now. We're building it up with some of our meditative videos. Uh, and that's going to be forthcoming pretty soon. And um, information on my website as well, Diana Michelle. Yeah. And there's a, there's an, it's no secret Vimeo page for those that want the high quality sound and, and, and the high def uh, picture. To look at some of our work there's a lot of stuff to to sift through there that's open to the public on the vimeo page it's no secret in vimeo.com whatever that address is but we're on there too okay yeah, we'll get that figured out put it yeah, yeah awesome paul diana thank you for being here on real talk arkansas today appreciate it thank you bro And that's a wrap for this episode of Real Talk Arkansas. I'd like to thank uh, Diana and Paul for stopping by today. And, you know, you can find uh, It's No Secret 
line. We're going to drop it in the show notes, so you know, check it out. And they'll be doing more screenings, and they also do a lot of uh, yoga and other sort of activities along those lines that you definitely want to check out. So again, I'd like to thank them for stopping by, and I'd like to thank you all for listening. Real Talk Arkansas is a production of the Arkansas Cinema Society. Theme music by Amos Cochran. To learn more about ACS, visit our website, ArkansasCinemaSociety.org, or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter.